0: This is the Jay Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing, brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Insider and join today. I'm your host, Jay Scott, and I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field, experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures, guys. We're gonna have a great episode today, talking about. Uh, October coos deer hunts and this weekend the coos deer hunts all across Arizona are kicking off and uh, I've got a bunch of friends that are going to be out on the hunts and I just want to wish you guys all the best of success looks like with all this rain we've had uh, uh, it's going to be great the weather's going to be cooler and um, you know normally these October hunts the weather could be you know 95 degrees but it looks like you guys are going to have some good weather for these hunts um, this is going to be a great episode with Elliot Weigel of Hunt AZ on Instagram, uh, and he's a coos deer fanatic, and uh, uh, we're going to have a, a fun time on this episode. Uh, guys, I wanted to remind you that you can follow along uh, with our hunting adventures on Instagram, at jscottoutdoors and at Colburn, and I want to thank all of you guys that hashtag uh, some of your posts with Hashtag J. Scott Outdoors. Uh, you can also tune into to our YouTube channel, uh, which is uh, J. Scott Outdoors on YouTube. And of course, our blog, uh, jscottoutdoors.com. Guys, I want to thank you for all the reviews that you've left on iTunes. That helps our placement. If you haven't done that already, please take time to go and leave some positive comments and a five-star rating. Uh, I also wanted to remind you that you can uh, get a free trial of the GoHunt Insider, a 24-hour free trial. Uh, So go to GoHunt.com and click on the 24-hour free trial, and you'll see what an incredible resource uh, GoHunt.com is. I want to thank GoHunt.com Insider for being the uh, title sponsor of this podcast. And uh, this month of October, they're giving away... Uh, Two spots on a coos deer hunt uh, in Sonora, Mexico with Dar Colburn and myself. Uh, A $5,500 dollar value per person plus a $1,000 dollar travel voucher. Uh, You can go and get all the details. All you have to do is be an insider member to be in the drawing. Uh, and You have to be in by, I believe, the end of October. They're going to draw on November 1st, but all the details are on their website at GoHunt.com. Uh, Guys, also, uh, you're going to hear me in this episode give Elliot Weigel a hard time about being a U of A Wildcat. Uh, For those of you that know me, uh, you already know the story. But I started going to ASU football games when I was in kindergarten uh, with my grandfather. And I'm a dyed-in-the-wool ASU football fan. And uh, so that rivalry is alive and well. Um, I will say that uh, when U of A is playing against other teams, uh, I do root for uh, them and hope that Arizona, love our state of Arizona, Um, but uh, the big game is coming up on November 21st. As far as I'm concerned, that is the only game that matters all year. I don't care if ASU goes undefeated as long as we beat the U of A, Uh, but it's all in good fun and all in good spirits. I had a cousin, uh, Jimmy, uh, that went to U of A, and I've had a lot of friends that have gone there. Um, but I sure uh, cheer for the Sun Devils. Uh, U of A is 5-2. Uh, and two. They're second in the South Division. Uh, they, they face Washington State. It's their homecoming this weekend. Uh, ASU is uh, third in the South Division, and uh, they face Oregon uh, this week. So um, it's going to be some tough games, uh, but uh, the big game's coming up on November 21st. And uh, I wanna hear from you guys out there. Um, I appreciate all the emails at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great questions and comments and some of the, we're gonna do some episodes answering a lot of these questions. Um, but feel free to email me, let me know how your hunts are going um, and uh, send me pictures of your successful hunts and let's get right to this episode here with Elliot Weigel welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast today we have elliot weigel from tucson arizona elliot informs me that he is a u of a wildcat fan so we've already rolled around in the dirt a little bit tonight but uh elliot's good to have you elliot is the founder of hunt az that's hunt underscore az on instagram and has a very popular page uh, I believe 25 or 30,000 Instagram followers and if you see if you want to see animals that are shot and harvested and hunting photos from Arizona go on hunt underscore AZ Elliot's got a great page Elliot how are you doing
1: I'm doing great Jay how are you doing
0: oh I'm doing just fine you know we just got off that uh, Arizona raffle sheep hunt and um, I was gone 30 days for the elk hunt and it's um I love this time of year but it's nice to be home for a few days and uh, get a little bit of a breather before I head back out for scouting and and such and um Dar's uh oldest boy has a, a strip deer tag that we're excited to go on and um you know <clears throat> as you as you probably feel this is just an exciting time of year with a lot going on
1: oh absolutely i I couldn't agree with you more jay um uh the fall of the year you kind of you get that chill in the air a little bit, and uh, it just reminds you, and it, and it smells of deer season and elk season and just the outdoor season.
0: Absolutely, and Elliot, uh, you're an avid coos deer hunter uh, like myself, and uh, today I want to talk about coos deer hunting, specifically uh, early, coo- early season coos deer hunting, and I want to talk a little bit about behavior and patterns and some hunt strategy uh, talk some gear, people management, you know, during the hunt, and then maybe some tips you have for some uh, first-timers or, or even people that are experienced coos deer hunters. Um, I believe the first October uh, general coos deer seasons are opening uh, up across the state uh, this Friday. Uh, we are recording this episode Tuesday evening, and so there's a bunch of uh, Jay Scott podcast listeners that are going to be out hitting the woods. I know Dar's got his youngest son, Paul. He's just turned 10 and they're going to be, uh, doing a backpack hunt, uh, with the little guy with Paul, uh, and and Parker, both boys, um, trying to get Paul as first coos deer. Uh, I understand you're going to be hitting the coos woods, uh, this weekend as well.
1: Uh, yes, that's true, Jay. Um, um, I have, uh, my brother and my dad have tags and, um, it's, uh, I was fortunate enough, um, this season to be guiding in that unit, um, for the, uh, youth hunt. And, um, I think it, uh, it's a great unit and I think it's a great deer, uh, great year, excuse me, for, um, uh, for deer this year. Um, um, we were able to, uh, get two young ladies. Um, one of the young ladies, uh, was their first buck, um. The other young lady was a little more experienced, and this was her actually fourth, fourth coos deer, um, and um, uh, these huntsmen are, are just no, no greater thrill for me to, to see that smile on a on a young lady or a young man's face uh, on a on a successful hunt. Um,
0: Absolutely, and you know, um, I'm of the opinion that a coos deer hunt is a great hunt to start the youth out on because. Uh, you know, they get to hike, uh, they get to see the trials and tribulations of a hunt. It's not easy, but usually you can find deer, and, and you know, animal sightings are, are plentiful, and you know, usually you see javelina, and uh, it just makes for a great experience. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that if, if you're a cooster hunter, uh, most of the best hunters that I know are avid cooster hunters, and most of the best hunters I know Uh, grew up coos deer hunting and have learned uh, how to glass and how to spot and stalk and how to find deer Um, they are small in stature and they do have a tendency to hide well and you know most good hunters are good glassers and i think that's from learning and, and 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 having the coos deer train us to 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 spend many an hour with a lot of patience looking for those deer. Would you agree? Oh,
1: absolutely, Jay. Um, um, I think that, you know, quality glass is very important. And um, like you say, patience, um, patience, patience, patience. Um, it's so funny how many um, scenarios I've been on where um, we can hit a hill with a glass for several and several hours, and, um, and then you you might hike, uh, you know, 50 feet down the hill to get another angle on a different part of the area. And you look back and on that hill, you just glass for two hours, and there's five coos deer, five coos bucks sitting there feeding in the open, you know. Um,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it, it is amazing how uh, Dar and I like to cross glass and um, uh, not to be... Um, not to be misunderstood with cross dressing, um, we like to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, th- I thought you'd laugh yeah. at that. Um, we like to cross glass, and what I mean by that is we like to have two different angles where we are both either a looking into each other's country from a different angle, or even if it's just up on the same hill. We typically don't like to sit together. We like to move away where we have different perspective. And like you said, um, it's amazing how you could sit there on a hill for three or four hours and not find a particular buck or, or or any deer for that matter. You change your angle by 100 yards and boom, all of a sudden you catch a glint of antler and there's a coos buck that's been basically bedded in the shade of a mesquite tree in the wide open laying in the yellow grass and he's been laying there you know, for the last three hours, you just didn't see. Yeah. 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 Um, I want to talk to you about, uh, behavior, uh, that you witness on early season coos deer hunts and, um, talk about what you see. I will, I will start out by saying one of the things that I like about the early season hunt and particular, the youth hunt that just passed is that if you're able to go out and do some scouting and find a particular buck, most of the time, if you have, you know, three or four days on that junior's hunt, you can get in there and find that deer, and coos deer in October uh, don't move a whole lot, and they're also with other bucks, and so I think the early hunts, if you have time to scout, can be extremely uh, productive.
1: Um, yes, Jay, that, that is... Uh... I find that a hundred percent true. Um, um, you know, the bucks, uh, they hang together by age class. Um, um, for instance, if you glass, you know, if you glass a group of does, it, it's almost certain there is not a buck in there. Um, and it kind of makes for an easier, easier, um, uh, uh, way to just uh look over deer you know i mean uh you don't got to spend a whole lot of time on them uh when you do glass a uh, group of does um but when you do get into the bucks yes i totally agree um um they don't go they don't move a whole lot um it, it uh, the weather is um extremely hot still in in some units not all units um as you know coos deer are very very um widespread throughout the state um you got uh you got them from the mexico border all the way up to uh the mogollon rim and um it's uh it's just uh it's what i love about them you know that you can hunt them in the in the um ocotillos and the mesquites and you can hunt them in the high oaks and even in the pine trees um yeah so
0: absolutely they're amazing animal um elliot if, if if you had to to say your favorite country, and you mentioned that they live all the way from, you know, say 2,000 feet or 1,500 feet of elevation all the way up to, you know, 8,000 feet, uh, you know, top of Mount Lemmon or or even up at the, you know, um, Flagstaff and some of those areas. Um, uh, What is your favorite uh, area? What is your favorite vegetation type to hunt these deer?
1: Um, You know, Jay, I'd I'd have to say that the, mid-desert would be my favorite only because that's where I grew up and um um, I grew up uh hunting that that vegetation and and it's um I don't know if I would say that uh uh I've kind of had a trained eye for that area you know um
0: and are you talking like mesquite and ocotillo and a little bit lower not quite into the oaks kind of maybe a little fringe oak yes, but a lot of mesquite and a absolutely. lot of um
1: uh Jay you know um for all those listeners um that are familiar with Arizona um uh the the unit I really did grow up in was uh thirty uh, five B. Um it's down south uh the Patagonia Mountains. Uh, it's a little north um east of Nogales, the the city of Nogales. And that's always just been kind of a uh just a family spot that i always hold dearly to my heart um just because the opportunities i've had and of looking at deer and just watching their um incredible uh behavior and just you know doing what coos deer do you know um and i always thought that was really special another great unit um I, i'd have to say is uh unit 33 um it's it's here in uh it surrounds uh, the tucson metro area um, it's the Catalina Mountains. It's the Rincon Mountains. Uh, just a unbelievably huge unit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um yeah. And uh, 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 the buck to doe ratio is just great. It's just a great unit for a great opportunity.
0: So. You know, one thing about Unit 33 that always surprises me is, with as many tags as there are in there, it still produces great deer. And, and great opportunity, for that matter, um, and, and the diversity of terrain in 33, you know, all the way from the desert floor, all the way up to, you know, up, up in the pines. Um, there's coos there all over every inch of that unit, and um, it's certainly one of Arizona's top producers. Um, you know, what would you say, from a, from a behavioral standpoint, uh, in, in a morning, let's say a typical end of October hunt, um, in and what, what kind of behavior do you witness as far as how much activity and movement are you looking for on a normal October hunt?
1: That's a, that's a very good question, Jay. Um, um, I'd have to say, you know, when you, I think it's very important you get out there, um, early morning, Um, if you can be out in your glassing spot by, you know, before the sun comes up, um, when, even when it's still dark, um, I think that's very important. Um, and I think those deer I have found anyways, um, they, uh, they feed, uh, till about, um, 1030, 11 or so. And then, you know, they, they go to their beds. Um, there is that, um, other hunt you can if you have quality optics you know and you know where you where to look for you can um you can glass them they change beds i think um at least once or twice in the middle of the day they get up you know they stretch they're just they're not much different than us you know they got to stretch and um just kind of get the blood flowing and um i uh that's a really good hunt too um last year or i mean i'm sorry Last uh, youth season, we, uh, um, we 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 got a, a great deer in that scenario. Um, we glassed him in his bed. We waited two hours. He stood up and stretched, and um, Jesse put a great shot on him um, at uh, 470 yards. So um, it, it's just one of those things where uh, my 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 philosophy is um, is patience and persistence. Um, the, the double P's there. Um, I think that's very important. Um, don't get discouraged in the middle of the day. Just just stay at it, and um, and it's very productive when you do so.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more, Elliot. We're going to take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors, and we'll get right back here, guys. There's some frequently asked questions of Go Hunt Insider, and one of them is how is you your unit information any different than the print magazines which offer something similar. The answer is, The Insider provides analysis and tools for every unit, every species, every hunt in each state that GoHunt.com covers. We don't rate top 10 units. Our coverage is much more comprehensive than what currently exists. Plus, being 100% online, Gohunt.com has the ability to make updates to our information much faster. The print magazines only update their information once a year. Another question is what states do you currently cover and what is your plan to add more? Gohunt.com Insider currently offers Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, and Montana. Oregon is next and They'll be live in 2015 or early 2016. After that, they'll turn their focus to Washington. Since since we offer analysis and tools for every state, season, and species, when GoHunt.com adds a state, it requires a ton of time and resources from the team. GoHunt.com is constantly working on new states, and that won't change. And people also ask, how do your giveaways work? Gohunt.com insider giveaways are the most aggressive in the industry at no additional charge. All insiders are automatically entered into our monthly giveaways. Gohunt.com insider performs a random drawing at the end of each month and announces the winners. Guys, if you haven't signed up for Gohunt.com, click on the blue Join Now button and... You will receive a $50 Cuyu gift card if you use the J. Scott promo code. Also, this month of October, they're giving away two spots on a rut coos deer hunt with Dar Colburn and I in Sonora, Mexico. Lorenzo Sartini of GoHunt.com, the president, is going to be going on the hunt and he's taking two insider members with him. It's got a retail value of $6,500 per person. That's $5,500 for the hunt and a $1,000 travel voucher. We'll be leaving on January 7th and we'll be starting our hunt on the morning of the 8th and we will hunt for seven full days. Uh, the deer should be running and we should have a great time down there chasing coos deer. All you have to do is be an insider member to win. So. Uh, use the J. Scott promo code and also get the $50 KUYU gift card. And love to hunt with you down in Sonora, Mexico. Okay, Elliot, you mentioned that uh, on the youth hunt, uh, you watched a deer in its bed and then you waited for it to get up in the shade change. Um, we do that a lot. Uh, Dar and I do that a lot. And one thing that people don't understand is, is that between 10 and two sometimes can be the most effective glassing period of the entire day. And I, I would put it right up there with even at, at first light. I, I still think, you know, the first two hours of light is, is the most critical, but I would, I would say if I had to choose, I would rather glass between 10 and two than the, the last three hours of light. Um, and I would put, the first 2 hours in the morning between 10 and 2 number 2 or a second and then the third would be you know the last 2 hours of light sure. um, one thing one thing i always tell people is especially on hot days even when you want to go back to camp some of the best glassing is coming right in the heat of the day because they typically feed for a couple hours in the morning, and then they lay there, and then that shade changes wherever they're laying, and all of a sudden their head gets in the sun, and the sun just starts beating on them. Finally, they can't take it anymore, and they actually need, because a lot of times they're bedded behind a ocotillo or bedded behind a mesquite tree, and there doesn't give a lot of shade, at, 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 well, and actually the shade moves. And so they actually have to get up and change positions. A lot of times they they bed by the same tree, but they just have to move from where they are out of the sun back into the shade. And usually, and I'll let you weigh on this, uh, when they do make their move, rarely do they stand up and just immediately right back down. What I notice is they stand up, they stretch their legs. They feed for two or three, four minutes, five minutes. They kind of move around just a little bit. They stand there like they're almost stretching, and then they go back down in a bedded position, and it's, it's almost like clockwork. As soon as you start seeing deer do that, in my opinion, you need to be scanning heavily across the hillsides because... I don't know what it is about bucks, but it seems like they all stand up within about 20 to 30 minutes of each other. So if you start catching them, really be looking for, and you you know, you could spend, you could, you could see 15 bucks on one hillside that you never even saw.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Jay, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, uh, those, those deer, uh, they're, uh, uh, I have to say, um, so many of my successful hunts on coos bucks, um, the shot time has been during that period that you talk about when that shade changes and um, they have to, they stand up and stretch and they relocate just to stay in the position to stay cool, you know, in the shade or in a mesquite tree or or even in a juniper tree, and and uh, so yes, I yes I do agree with that, Jay. It's it's the it's the most magical. It's it's a very important um, time of the day for the hunt uh, that you do not want to overlook.
0: Yeah, and I think it's even more important hunting coos than say hunting elk or hunting mule deer or, or sheep or other animals where. Um, you know, it's just something about them that they they absolutely will move around and follow that shade. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as bucks, you're talking about if if you if you are on your knob and you're up there before light and and say you didn't have a lot of time to do scouting and you're up there opening morning and you're glassing just doe and fawn and doe and fawn and doe and fawn after another. I would recommend that you'd probably need to move either on the other side of the mountain or hike across the Canyon because you're kind of in the doe, you know, the doe zone or the nursery. What do you Sure,
1: Absolutely. Sure. On that. Um, uh, typically, you know, um, my experience on this, um, recent youth hunt, um, we spend an hour in one area, uh, when glassing light is available. Um, and if uh well exactly what you're saying actually we we've ran into areas where you just see nothing but doe and fawn uh what we do is we we move down the ridge line another uh um i can't speak for every scenario but this particular mountain we were hunting was very convenient for that um we could move um another quarter mile down uh uh, down the trail and um, we could put glass on uh, a, a different portion of the ridge. And I think uh, you are correct, Jay. Um, um, covering country is very important um, this time of the year. Um, the bucks obviously aren't with the does. Um, and uh, like you say, it's you, you run into nurseries, um, just does and fawns wherever, everywhere you look. And um that was our experience with this youth hunt. We we had we looked at probably 40 does and small bucks, you know, little four-corns, never hanging together, but just as we moved along, we 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 covered a lot of country and looked at a lot of deer. And uh the law of averages came in where um we finally did find uh, a buck worthy of uh Jesse's tag, you know. Um, so yeah I do think that it is very important
0: I, I think you make a great point there talking about ridge lines um, and, and I'll speak a little bit on ridge lines one of the things that I like about ridge lines is if you're hunting with a buddy a lot of times a guy can go one way and a gal or a guy can go the other direction on the same ridge line and within a 20 minute walk you know 20 minutes each way uh, be in completely different country. And if you repeat that process several times throughout the day, uh, you can just cover a whole bunch of country. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for sitting in one spot all day, or at least for a half a day. Um, but you know, as you know, the more country that you cover efficiently and effectively, uh, you know, the, the better chance you have to find a target buck. Um, the other thing I like are cone knobs where you hike up to a peak where you can be there at first light. And I'm totally with you at I love walking in with the headlamp and I love getting all my, my glassing pad or my seat, my tripod, everything set up, my gun, you know, everything ready to go. Sure. And, you know, kind of be settled down, cooling off and, and letting everything settle down and then glassing from a cone knob where I can see 360 degrees. And one of the things I like about being able to glass 360 degrees is at any given time, you can just turn 180 degrees and glass either into the sun or into the shade, depending on which direction you're looking. So if you're not seeing any deer out on the open hillsides, all you do is flip around, and all of a sudden you're looking on the the thick slopes, And you've just changed uh, your strategy and your tactic. And um, so I want to encourage you guys out there listening to get there early and cover country. And there's a time when you need to just sit and stick it out. And then there's a time when you know in your heart you need to move. And I think knowing when, when you need to make a change is important because I think you can waste a lot of time in an area where there's a lot of does and you're not seeing a lot of bucks and you can end up wasting a bunch of time on your hunt.
1: Oh yeah. I couldn't agree more Jay. Um, And that is a fine line. Um, Like you say, it is a fine line um, recognizing that time to change spots. And I always thought that was somewhat of a, uh, a fun or fun thing about coos deer hunting, you know, Um, it's the anticipation. It's the, Uh, it's something about you know making that decision and sometimes it doesn't come easily Um, and yeah I always thought that was something that's pretty neat uh, that I love about um, hunting hunting coos so
0: absolutely Um, you know one thing that comes to mind too is let's say you had a chance to scout before the season and let's say you saw a nice buck and you know just for 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 uh, example, let's say it was a 105-inch type buck, and you know that was a buck that you really wanted to harvest and you really wanted to kill. And y- y- you saw that buck, and let's just say you saw him one time, and he was on a hillside and he was just feeding. Uh, he wasn't moving. Uh, he was, you know, pretty stationary. One thing I think that's very important to note is coos deer, especially, are very habitual, and, and they have a very small range, in my mind, and especially uh, when it's very wet out and uh, you know a good moisture year, they don't have to move very far between bedding and feeding and water because they've got everything they need in a pretty tight circle. If you happen to see a big buck, I think it's very important that you want to go back and you want to look in glass. Exactly where you saw that buck, and most of the time, he is going to be within a hundred yard circle. And this is my opinion of that area, unless he's got bumped by other hunters or by a lion or something outside of his normal routine. Coos deer are very habitual and very routine. And uh, let's say it was day three of the hunt, you glass up a big buck, you lose him in the brush. And you think, well, he, he's he gone. Well, he's probably not gone. He's probably just bedded and you can't find him. Dar and I always like to say, all you got to do is find a big buck. Once you find him, you can hone in and circle in on his core area, especially in the early season, and get those bucks killed because they tend not to move a whole lot. Have you had that same experience?
1: Uh, Jay, 100%. Um, it was funny, last year... Uh no I'm sorry 2 years ago I had a uh, 36B tag um for the listeners who don't know 36B is one of the units uh that um it borders the uh, Mexico border and it's always been notorious um a lot of people like it a lot of people don't like it uh just for the you know the uneasy activity from the border um uh I was hunting with uh, a couple of buddies of mine um and uh, I glassed a, um, an 83-inch, 80, um, he was a giant fork and three, and he was cool to look at, you know, early in the hunt, and I said, you know, it's a leftover tag, but I still want to look for something bigger. Um, uh, so two days went by, and, you know, the hunt started getting a little slow. We weren't look, seeing a whole lot of good bucks, and... I found I went back and I found that same buck uh, literally 100 yards away from the first time I glassed him uh, on the second day of the hunt, and so I thought that was very very um, textbook, you know, of, of, of coos deer behavior. Um, so yes, I do agree those those deer they really don't move a whole lot if they're not if they're not uh, pushed around they'll be in there The the, uh, the hardest part is just you know finding them because like you say you know their their behavior makes them very elusive so
0: yeah and so you know it's usually a warm time of year so there there's not a lot of movement they they get pretty nocturnal but but one of the things i like about early season as well like i said earlier is most of the time, the bucks are in groups of, you know, three, four, five, six, seven bucks in one group. And so keep in mind that if you're glassing, and, and I like to uh, glass on the north, northeast slopes, typically like to look in the areas that pretty much have shade, uh, you know, most of the day. And early season, that's where, that's where I tend to find the most bucks. And when you find, a, let's say, a small buck, don't think for a second that that buck is by himself because nine times out of ten he is going to at least have another buddy with him and more than likely have two or three or four other bucks within probably a 30 to 50 yard circle and they so if you glass up a couple bucks you know and they're you you see a couple bucks bedded i would really be looking hard uh, for, for another buck that might be a better buck. Sometimes small bucks bed together and sometimes big bucks bed together. But a lot of times bucks in general hang out in the same areas and, and you can have, you know, a two year old, a four year old and a six year old all within 50 yards of each other.
1: Oh yes. Um, absolutely. That, that, uh, that moment I glass a, that first buck, I, that's immediately what I do. I, I go to scan mode and I look around and I look, um, a hundred yards in each direction of that deer. And I look for anything, any other deer or antlers or what I can come up with. And, um, yeah, so yes, I do agree. That's very important, Jay, because, uh, n- uh, nine times out of a 10, they are never alone this time of the year. Uh, the bucks, they hang together like bachelor groups, um, sometimes bigger, some small, sometimes smaller. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very, very important tool to do when you do glass that first buck.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about hunt strategy. And, uh, one point that I want to make about hunt strategy, like it or not, uh, if, if, If you like hunting with your buddies and you like being able to communicate with your buddies, um, I I like having radios and being able to talk to my buddies throughout the day and seeing how they're doing. Some people don't like to hunt with radios. Uh, It becomes an issue if you're hunting uh, record book deer. And, um, you know, if if it's a deer that's going to make Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett, uh, you want to make sure that you're not using radio communication because those deer will not be accepted in into the record book. Um, but if you're just hunting with your buddies and having a good time, uh, one hunt strategy that I really think is very effective. Elliot, I'm getting a little feedback there. I don't know if something's kind of rattling or um, uh, I, I hear something. I'm there. not
1: too sure, Jay. I don't know if it's okay. our connection or not, but I, I hear you loud and clear. So.
0: Okay. Um, One of the hunt strategies I like is to, uh, if we find a deer that we want to shoot, what I like to do is I, I typically am always hunting with someone else. And I like to have someone keep their eye on that buck. So watch the buck bed down. And I am different than some people. I like to bed the deer down then leave someone watching the deer. Hopefully they can see the deer or at least the bush that the deer went behind. And here's the trick. You have to trust whoever you're hunting with that they are not going to take their eye off of that deer until you get in position to shoot. And sometimes that's the hard part. And I think that's where having reliable hunting partners comes in is that you know... That there's nothing that's going to make whoever's watching your deer stop looking at the deer. If they have to use the restroom, I mean, I, I have done some crazy things while watching deer for Dar and my cousin and some other people where you got to take a leak, you got to keep watching through your binos and your tripod, so you just got to do your thing right there. And if you can keep your eye on that deer, your percentage of efe- efficiency and effectiveness goes up tenfold. Oh, yeah. And once the shooter then gets into position, then the shooter says, okay, I'm on the deer. Do you need to take a break? Then the spotter can take a break, you know, get a, get a drink, whatever, and then get back on the deer. But if if you can have the discipline and have good hunting partners, uh, that's a very efficient way to, to harvest deer.
1: Uh, that's very true. You know, Jay, uh, when, in those scenarios, I... I tend to never I always tend to bed the buck down. I think that is the most important thing. Don't let them stay up feeding before you make your stock. Put them to bed. Get your um game plan going down and just have your have your have time in your favor. Um and and you know there's only a couple of buddies I know that I trust in those scenarios. Um and so yes, I do think that is very important. Um, um, it, it's so it's so um, important that you do keep an eye on them because you know they do. They can slip away, they can vanish. They take two or three steps in one direction and you don't see them again. Um, so yes, yeah, keeping quality optics on that deer um, is is very very important um, and it's key actually. So.
0: Let's talk about quality optics, Elliot. Um, Actually, let's take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Okay, Jay. Guys, it's the month of October, and as you know, the month of October is the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And DeadeyeOutfitters.com is doing their annual Breast Cancer Awareness t-shirt design again. They're donating 10% of all the proceeds to breast cancer research. The men's and women's t-shirts are currently available on their website, at deadeyeoutfitters.com. Be sure to use the promo code JSCOTT to save 10% on all purchases. Pick up some Deadeye Outfitters and wear your obsession. So Elliot, let's talk about quality optics. Uh, I've been using Swarovski for a long, long time. I can remember when Dar and I both bought our first pair of 10 by 42 Swarovski SLCs and it was like, I mean, we were like two kids in a candy store and and we could not wait to get out there and spot deer and, and use those uh, 10 by 42s to, to glass for coos deer. And, you know, we were y- young bucks at the time and could really hike well. And, and you know, a lot of, we didn't have the great optics. And so I think we uh, we used more of our, our legs to jump deer and it just wasn't as an efficient way. Um, you know, I am still a Swarovski guy. I, I have... Twelve fifties. I have fifty. I've had every generation of fifteen by fifty six that Swarovski has made, um, but I think every bit as important as your optics. I think the tripod is every bit as important, and I think a quality tripod head. Um, you know, some people have great tripods, but they have a squeaky tripod head or something that mm-hmm. isn't smooth. And I, in my opinion, a smooth panning tripod head is very important. Because for coos deer, especially, um, coos deer especially, if you've got a jerky tripod head, you're going to miss those deer that are bedded or you're going to miss that black nose or that little white tail in the bush or um, just, you know, the flicker of an ear. And so I think a, a smooth panning uh, tripod head is, is of utmost importance.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree more, especially when you have um, your spotting scope on, on your tripod because it's very, very... Sensitive, you know, you uh, you bump it and it moves three feet, you know, because it's so zoomed in. Um, I love the Outdoorsman, um, the Outdoorsman uh, adapter. Um, and I'm with you there on um, uh, Swarovski. I, 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 you know, I hate to uh, defame any other uh, optics because they do make some great products. Uh, the 1250 Swarovskis, in my opinion, are a great great glass uh it's uh, about the perfect combination of wild wide field of view and distance um i i can't tell you how many bucks i've glassed with with you know the slc swarovskis um i think it's it's a very very good investment for for anyone getting serious about um glassing uh uh, coos deer
0: yeah for sure i mean in my mind the wow factor in, and and I'm going to be honest, most of the European optics companies um, make good quality optics. One of the things that always sold me on Swarovski's was very early on that same pair of 10 by 42 binoculars that Dar and I bought. He actually was glassing around the Black River and knocked his tripod over and they fell, you know, just planked all the way, you know, a couple hundred feet off a cliff and Every piece of glass in the optic was broken. And he sent them back through the outdoorsman's. He bought them at the outdoorsman's, sent them back to Swarovsky, and they fixed and sent them a laundry list, literally, of what they fixed. And when they came back, they looked brand new. And for me, why I'm such a Sorovsky believer is their customer service and their willingness to take Hunter's mistakes. I mean, he dropped them off a cliff. It wasn't like, you know, he did it, and they fixed them. And, you know, their warranty program is unbelievable. I will agree with you on the 1250, those 1250 ELs. Um, They're phenomenal binocular. The field of view is great. Um, I have the new 15s as well, and I love them. If if I had to choose one for Coos Deer... I'm probably going to go with the 15s just because of the three extra power. Uh, but for, uh, I used the 1250s for, for almost a full year for coos deer and sheep, and I loved the 1250s. Uh, the nice thing about the 1250s is you can hand-hold them, uh, whereas I have more of a hard time holding the 15s. My hands shake a little bit, and, yeah. and so the 1250s are, you know, I believe both of those binoculars you cannot go wrong. Um, I'm also a believer in the koa 32 power Highlanders. Um, but those are not for every application. Sure. You know, they're, they're, they're heavy, you know, 14 pounds plus a 14 pound tripod. Those you can't take everywhere. Some people do. Um, I don't, I take them to, to choice places that I uh, have picked out. Um, but I think, In speaking about gear with tripods and good quality optics, I think it's just important to sit and glass and slow down and take your time. Uh, I know that when I'm not seeing deer and I'm getting frustrated, I tell myself, slow down. And half the time, within two minutes of slowing down, boom, I pick up a deer. And the optics are so good in my mind that you do so much quick scanning because the such quality optics that you kind of get in a routine of going too fast. Right. And a lot of times I have to slow myself sure. down.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, going to those cowas you were talking about, Jay, I don't know. Um, if you look at my profile picture on my um, personal Instagram page, um, you see me looking through a pair of those. And they are a very, very impass- impressive piece of glass. um, um one of my hunting partners owns a pair, and they are just absolutely amazing. When you're looking at really vast country, um, we had a muzzleloader uh, antelope hunt in 19A two years ago, and they were a game changer, man, uh, um, just for covering so much country. I, uh, I've never glassed through anything quite like it, um, and I know you guys, I've seen... You guys use those in, in uh, vast sheep country. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do really think highly of that uh, that uh, piece of glass.
0: Yeah, and, I you know, coos deer are small enough that if you've got the 32 power and you can be looking at a greater distance, I just think your chances of finding deer go up. Um, they're not for every application, but certainly if you have a good vantage point, we use them a lot in Mexico where there's a lot of roads on these ranches where we can drive and, and then hike up, say, you know 150, 200 yards and have a big vantage. Um, and, and they're great for that. I want to talk a little bit about on these early season coos hunts. Um, uh, uh, one thing I will add with gear is trekking poles, um, good hiking boots that are comfortable that you already have worn in. And, um, I've been using here lately, um, the new, uh, spot generation three, um, uh, you know, spot, uh, that's made by global star. And it's, it's, I used it on this last sheep hunt where I could send my wife a text, click the okay button. And that basically gave her a GPS, uh, reading of my exact coordinate on a Google map. So she saw exactly where I was and it said, you know, you can customize um you know what you want to what you want to send and it's basically everything's great having a great day you know love you and i think you know uh it's it's a relatively cheap thing to have to give uh, your loved ones at home a good sense that everything's going great on your hunt and um quite honestly there's an sos button that if you were in 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 some serious um, emergency situation you could hit that and and you could be rescued so Um, those are some gear tips, uh, you know, gear things that I think are important for coups. Is there anything that I, that you feel I left out there?
1: Um, you know, Jay, uh, going back to those trekking sticks, um, I just invested, uh, in a pair and I think that they're absolutely handy when it comes to, um, uh, downhill. You know, um, everyone thinks uphill is is the strenuous part. My struggle is downhill.
0: Because the rocks are somewhat loose, and I'm the same way. My feet like to skip right out from under me, and I started using trekking pole years ago, and um, at the little bit of ridicule from Dar, and it wasn't more than a couple months later on the next hunts, he had a pair, and... and, um, uh, I, I would urge people that don't use them to use them. Um, you can be a lot more stable, especially at night in the dark, especially going downhill. It sure helps when you're packing an animal out and, uh, it really saves your needs. You know, when I was young in my twenties, I didn't think much about it. I could go uphill, downhill, same speed. It didn't matter. Uh, yes. the older I get, you know, the wear and tear on your body, uh, trekking poles are huge, um, for sure. Um, Elliot, uh, Um, it's been a great talk. Um, we could talk for hours on coos deer. I wanted to give you a chance to, uh, give a few tips. If you have any additional tips for, uh, those hunters about to hit the woods on these early season coos hunts.
1: Uh, um, I think we kind of covered it, Jay. My advice is stay patient, stay persistent. Um, that hot weather creeps up on you in the middle of the day. But uh, like we talked about, that is, that is the most important time. Cover some country. Um, get some good optics on those hills. Look for them in their beds. Um, and, um, yeah, wait for them to stand up. Just stay with it, you know. Um, and I, I want to wish everyone a, a good luck on these, uh, this first general hunt coming up. Um, uh, I run the Hunt AZ page as Jay Um, stated. And I, I, it's a great pleasure to see so many successful hunts um, with uh, new timers and experienced hunters. I have made some great relationships with so many people, some guides, um, uh, you know, uh, it's just, it's just been a great thing. Uh, um, uh, The community has really gotten strong and I, and I am very grateful for it. And I I hope to get bigger. And I, I just want to wish everyone a very, very safe and successful season this year. Um, so,
0: Absolutely, Elliot. And, and I might add that uh, if you haven't gone on the Hunt AZ, that's Hunt underscore AZ uh, Instagram page, you need to also tag your photos um, on these upcoming Cooster hunts. I've been appreciating uh, people uh, hashtagging J. Scott Outdoors, uh, but uh, one of my favorite hashtags is Hunt underscore A Z or hashtag hunt underscore A Z and uh check out Elliot's page and and uh uh use his hashtag so we can see all these Arizona Bucks on these early season hunts and um Elliot I, I also understand you run a freight uh with your dad, a flatbed trucking uh freight business Uh, in Tucson. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, If any of our listeners out there uh, need anything uh, hauled around, tell me, tell me how they can find you and the name of the company and such. Uh,
1: uh, Yes, Jay. Um, uh, We have a, uh, my dad and my uncle run a uh, freight business. We have five flatbed uh, trucks. Uh, We haul general freight, freight? excuse me, Um, uh, wherever uh, you need something hauled, we can be there. Um, um, uh we have what's uh,
0: the how do they reach you Elliot uh we
1: don't we do not have website at this point um that is in the works but uh we have a local phone number um we can uh I don't know Jay if you want to yeah that it's 520-241-7578 we haul in the western states of, of, of um uh, the united states uh we try to stay west but we can go anywhere we're licensed in all 50 states um you need uh some freight haul some equipment some a vehicle whatever uh whatever your needs are uh give us a call
0: what's the name of the company
1: uh company is pistolero llc
0: and it's based out of tucson
1: yes we're out of tucson jay
0: that's awesome well that's that's great i i I want to make a note of that for sure because it always seems like in in my real estate business and the outfitting business i'm always running into somebody that needs something hauled somewhere, so i'll make a note of that Elliot and i want to thank you for being on and I want to wish you uh the best i I know we could talk for hours on cooster and we'll probably have to do it again <laughs> absolutely um, want to wish you the best this weekend on your hunts and Uh, Thanks for doing a great job on the Hunt AZ uh, Instagram page, and uh, I'll be chatting at you down the road. And until then, God bless you, okay, buddy. God
1: bless you, Jay. I was happy to be on the show. I really appreciate it, and and, uh, we will we will be in touch, buddy.
0: Uh, And I have to say that I hope the Devils win and the Cats lose Uh this weekend, but you know that's that's just par for the course. uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) all right, buddy. All right, Jay. Take care, care,
1: sir. All right. (laughs)